Verizon brings you Pay It Forward Live, a weekly live stream featuring big names in entertainment to support small businesses. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on at Verizon's Twitter or Twitch, Yahoo, and Fios Channel 501 at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Hello, welcome to This Feels Terrible. I'm your host, Erin McGathy. This is your one-stop podcast about feelings, vulnerability, uh, my ongoing process to become a better human being and to understand relationships better. I, uh, You know what's great, what is a highlight to my week, truly, is getting a package in the mail from clubw.com. That's right. I'm a member of Club W and you can be too. Go to clubw.com, enter in the, uh, pass, the password. Sure. I'm going to call it a password or a promo code. This feels terrible at checkout. You get $20 off the first month and you get delicious wines. I just got, uh, three wines in the mail that are, Really fantastic. My favorite one being Scarlet Smack because it has a beautiful label with lips and the lips are biting. There's, there's a, there's some, some bottom lip biting action. And it reminds me of, uh, the opening of Rocky Horror. And it makes me feel nostalgic for the time when I saw Rocky Horror for the first time and was so blown away by those lips. How the hell are you guys? Uh, I'm doing okay. <laughs> um, I want to say I'm doing much better. I'm doing great. I'm doing, you know, when like there's not, I mean, there's nothing, things, things on paper are going great for me. Things are great. I've had a, I've had a hard year. I've had a year of transition. And I think that when you go through a big year of transition or when anyone goes through a big year of transition, like you, you get a lot of like, Oh, let me, I want to, I mean, I'm not asking for sympathy, but like, there's just, there's more understanding when it comes to someone having maybe a down mood when, you know, they've just gone through a divorce or someone's died or whatever. But the thing, the thing with grieving things like death or divorce or, whatever, maybe, yeah, well, the, like the, the change, big life changes, the loss of a job, uh, breakups in general. Um, sometimes things just creep up on you. I'm really excited about taking This Feels Terrible on tour this July, and I've been doing, this week has been all about preparing for that. I'm about to announce my live tour dates, and I'm really, really excited to hit the road and meet you guys in person and hang out and do a show, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, I guess this week, this week I felt a lot of, a lot of random, uh, I had several like really profoundly sad moments re grieving, uh, my divorce. Um, and if I'm going to 
if you're going to talk about that on any podcast, I think it's going to be this podcast about relationships. And I'm reminded of uh, one of my favorite moments in in television is uh, when Angela is sad over Jordan Catalano in my so-called life. And she has a morning where she, she wakes up and she's like, she starts jumping on her bed because she doesn't hurt anymore. And she says, she says it, it, it hurts until it doesn't. And then it just doesn't hurt anymore. And it's, and it's so great. And then after that, her friend, she finds out that her friend has slept with Jordan and then she feels sad again. But you know, it's an on, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing process. And, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, no matter how many breakups I've gone through, no matter how many times, like I've, I can see the different steps of things and I can see things for what they are. Sometimes things just feel a little sad. And even if I'm really happy in my current relationship, which I am, like there's still, there are just, there are just moments there are moments of sadness. And to get more specific, what happened was I came across some old text messages and there were some mean things said in the text messages and it made me feel sad. So anyway, um, but you know what? Being sad is okay. It is okay to feel sad and it is okay to take a moment and really just wallow in that feeling and, uh, I did that today. I felt I, I came across some sad old text messages. Um, ironically, because I was trying to clear out my phone and I, uh, so I backed up my phone on my computer and I had screen capped some text messages and boy, I really shouldn't have read them because they made me feel really sad and, reminded me of how sad I was when I read them initially. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is not, it's not a PSA to, to not read old, old text messages because I, I also, um, it's a, I, th- I feel like it would probably be, I don't even know what to say about this, but like, I don't want to forget how, I don't want to forget the sad times. <laughs> um, I want to, I don't want to feel sad always, but I, w- but I want to have like an accurate memory of things. So I don't know, but I read those and, and then I, I took a bath. I took an afternoon bath. I, I took a, I took a lunchtime bath. I literally took a bath and then I ate lunch and, um, I did it kind of in the middle of working and I, uh, it was good. I put on some neutral milk hotel. Yes. I love neutral milk hotel and neutral milk hotel is one of my, is my favorite band. And I like listening to them, especially because I have loved them since I was in high school. So when I listen to them, it's not like it's, it's not tainted by any sort of relationship or any it's it's just it's a very pure love so i mean there's no real thesis statement to what i'm saying except that uh things are sad sometimes things are sad and that is okay and i it's okay that i don't i don't need to be happy all the time okay today on the podcast (laughs) the weird 
transition. Um, today on the podcast, I am very excited to share this episode with you guys because it's, uh, it's about pornography. <laughs> um, it is almost exclusively about pornography. That said, if you don't want to listen to an episode about pornography, this one's not for you. Um, it's also, we also cover incest. We also talk about bestiality. If any of those things are, are triggering or you just, you know, you know what to do. That's what that's in this episode, because on this episode, I have uh, erotica writer, Peter C. Hayward. And um, uh, the reason why I had him on the podcast is actually because I, through the magic of the internet, um, was recommended a podcast called Being Honest with My Ex, which features Peter and his ex-fiancee, Honor Eastley. They are Australian. They were engaged for a couple of years. They broke up in 2014. And they've been doing a, uh, a podcast where they speak with each other. Uh, they speak with each other every two weeks and they record two podcasts. And But the podcast is a half hour long and it's it's just them checking in with each other. They talk about their relationship. They talk about their lives. And it's just, it's, it's super, it's super organic. It was recommended to me and it, I just, I spent, I listened to it almost like obsessively when I was, when it was first recommended to me and like burnt through most of the episodes and especially enjoyed listening to it while I was just walking around because it's like, and I say this to Peter on the podcast, it's like sitting in the back seat of, uh, you, like, of, like your, your friends were a couple just chatting and they're comfortable kind of airing their business and you're just fine, just kind of sitting and eavesdropping. And it's, it's really good. And it's, it's also good because it's, because it's so organic. It's not like a, a um, What's the legal word I'm looking for? It's not a, uh, well, whatever. It's not, it's not, it's not a blow by blow of how they got together or their breakup or anything. It's just these things are, are slowly revealed as you listen to the podcast. So if you enjoy a podcast that features a really unique relationship, uh, which is the relationship of two people who used to be very much in love now just kind of forging a friendship. Listen to this podcast, being honest with my ex. And I also interviewed the other half of this podcast, Honor Eastley. And that, uh, interview is coming up soon. Um, but first, please enjoy. Oh, and the reason why I got to interview Peter was because he happened to be in Dublin about a month ago and we, uh, hung out for a few days and I interviewed him in the, in the top of the, uh, oh God, what's of the Harry Lemon, which is a pub in Dublin. And we went in, we went during the day. So there are a couple of times when I can hear people, like when I think people are kind of walking by. And so I kind of change our conversation. I think they actually, that only happens once, but anyway, and blabbing. Um, please enjoy this conversation about uh, lots of things, chiefly pornography, with Peter C. Hayward.
will you talk a little bit about what you do? Um, so I'm a, I'm a full-time erotica author and it's something I used to write for fun and then I found out that you can self-publish them on Amazon and now I do that as a full-time living. I'm, I'm the number one incest mind control author in the English-speaking world. Right, which should be a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Although you... they'd only be able to make one of them so it would be... Right, yeah. It's not very marketable. <laughs> uh, how did you how did you get into that niche of, uh, of, of erotica? So uh, I assume I can talk in full explicit detail Detail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so when I was young, I used to be obsessed with joke websites. And I used to go online and just read every single joke website, every single joke on every single joke website. Like it got ridiculous. It's, it's very rare for me to now hear a joke that I haven't heard. And for a while, I ran a site where I'd rewrite these jokes and just to try to break it apart and understand how the comedy worked. And over the course of this reading incessant joke websites when I was 14 or 15, I came across some porn on one of them. It was just a, a story about uh, a brother and a sister having sex, uh, which was very rude. And I'd never read anything like it. And... I couldn't believe how hot it was. And that was when I masturbated for the first time. Mm. And so after that, I, I never really watched porn as a teen. Like I never watched videos or looked at images or anything like that. I was always just reading erotica and it was mostly incest erotica, but whatever I could get my hands on, which as it turns out on the internet is a lot. And there's this one website, it's called mcstories.com, which stands for mind control stories. And the, it's just the best run erotica website. Uh, it was then. I think it still is, is right up there now. What, what makes for a well-run erotica website? So it only updates once a week. So you don't have to like what, wait for things to trickle in. Once a week, you can go in and be like, oh, here is the new porn for the you week. You can work it into your schedule. Yeah, exactly. It, it's reliable. <laughs> and they have a, a minimum length requirement. Okay. Uh, which is not that long. It's fifteen hundred words. What is what is fifteen hundred words look like? Is that like a like a short essay or no, how bad with like word counts? Um, is it like a paragraph or a paragraph would be two to three hundred words. Like two or how many pages is fifteen hundred words? This uh, is this I've, is I've such no, a dumb line of question. Okay, I apologize. Pages, Every, no words. one wants to hear this answer except for me. I will Google it after. So anyway, fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred words. <laughs> words is the minimum. Most of them are over that, and that just cuts out a lot of the stuff that has nothing in it. Okay. And as well as that, you can't get stories up there unless they have some kind of mind control element. Right. But they tag the stories really well. So mm -hmm. stories, erotica stories, can be tagged as you know, MF male female or MM male male mm -hmm. or. IN, which is incest. Okay. And so I was able to like click through this thing and be like, oh, here's the incest stories. And you get to know like certain authors. <laughs> I love that sentence. Ah, here <laughs> my weekly stories. shipment of incest has arrived. Perfect. And so I would read. By the way, I love that we're sitting in the top floor of this very old Irish pub. <laughs> <laughs> like, Surrounded by history. <laughs> yeah, well, and a and, uh, history of, of Catholicism and, uh, <laughs> and uh, sexual restraint. Anyway, go on. And so I started, I, I, got, I got to know certain authors and I stopped just reading the incest stuff and I read all the things over about probably five or six years. Uh, and if you read sort of one specific kink for five or six years, it, mm -hmm. it, I found, I don't know how universal this is. I don't think anyone else has ever done this, but it became a kink of mine. So mm -hmm. it used to be just, this website was well run. I didn't really care about mind control. Right. But after six years of reading it in my formative years too like this is all way before i started having sex too um in mind control became sort of a, a kink that i was into right. you were kind of mind controlled by yeah. the mind control website <laughs> and oh, so um when i when i started writing i wrote a lot of mind control stuff and often it was incest mm. and built up a fan base and then my ex well she was my fiance at the time found a reddit thread which was hey you can take your writing and make a make a living off it and so i started publishing to amazon and then two or three months later it was a full-time job oh and it has been ever since <laughs> can you talk about um because obviously uh incest is is a big taboo Yes. And uh, can you talk about um, in the, 
that as a kink as opposed to that as a real life oh, practice yeah. and so, everything. So, all of this is entirely, uh, the, the fiction of it is hot. I've no interest in my actual family at all. Right. Or in real people doing any of this stuff. Like, sure, in the same sure. ways you can watch an action movie and be like, yeah, blow their heads off, but not actually go out and blow heads off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although some people think that's the case, so that might not be the best example. Right. But, like, Breaking Bad. You watch Breaking Bad and you're really like, yeah, boil those drugs. <laughs> well, or even with just, like, pornography Stuff. Yeah, right, like, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, I have no interest in any of that stuff in real life. But as a fiction, it's I think it's hot because it is taboo. So, I do, was, you, do you think that's what it is exclusively? Or do you think it's the... Because um, it's got to be more than just the taboo of it. Because there are so many things that, that are taboo. Is it because of the, the closeness of that familial relationship think, or just like it's it, a, there's such part, a clear power dynamic no or? the power dynamic's not really a thing for me anyway for some people right. it is um i think so i was i was sort of raised not really aware of women wanting sex like mm. i was raised by the That's media yeah uh, so you know in in the in the sitcom it's always the guy being like come on honey let's have sex and she's mm. like al uh, <laughs> actually no, i think that specific example is the one where it's flipped but in, right. in tv shows women don't want sex it's a favor that they do right for they have a headache and they're yeah. like and all so right the idea of women masturbating i was like well that's not real like you know maybe one percent of women masturbate that was genuinely a belief really? that i had yeah oh wow okay just because it's not something that is really sure I, I think i also thought thought that growing up like when i when i started masturbating i thought i was very alone first. yeah yeah i <laughs> think like, i've discovered this thing that exactly. no one else is aware of yeah yeah and so part of it is this first of all the idea of women being turned on is still just incredibly hot to me like it's a fact <laughs> it's a fact <laughs> that you encounter you know every woman you encounter is turned on by something at some point mm-hmm. but it's still such a like exciting It'd be like if, if we were on Mars and all your, all your youth, you'd been like, I wish I could go to Mars. And you're there and you're like, right. oh, my God. It's like that. Women being turned on is just incredibly hot to me. And so part of the appeal of these incest stories, I think, is this idea of a woman being so turned on mm. that she'll break the normal rules of society and sleep with her brother or, ah, or you know, her son or whatever it is. Uh, that's definitely a big part of it. Like being... It's just it's women being aroused to a ridiculous degree to the point where they they just, they stop caring. Right, and you and you have a lot of loyal readers, so you can probably see at this point what stories uh, are more popular than others. Like, are there certain things that you know that are elements in stories where you're like, oh, this one, I know this will be popular because it has X. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, to a certain, like, there's, I've got two or three stories that are just way more popular than the rest of my catalogue put together. Mm-hmm. And it took me an embarrassing long time to realise that it's because they're well-structured stories. Oh, so I'd write, okay. I'd write a lot of well, stories nice. that were just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd write a lot of stories that were just, you know, a guy and his sister fuck or, you know, a, right. a dad and his daughter go into a cave and have sex. Like, just no content, <laughs> just like, here's an introduction, here's sex, full stop, end of story. How do you choose How do you choose the scenario? What are you inspired by? Do you, do you just open an encyclopedia and point to a word and say like oh all right uh photosynthesis this will take place in a greenhouse that, like, how do that's, you- that's an amazing story idea right there i'm gonna <laughs> steal that one that'll be Please. my next big hit what, do you do any sort of like grandparent grandchild thing because that no, seems like that yeah no, maybe no. that's a little too far that's too far yeah I, I don't do any underage stuff either oh yeah well that's good or um Scat. That's it. I, I take a lot of commissions, and my mm-hmm. kind of my two rules you are. You mean no, jazz? You don't do any like yeah. jazz themed. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, oh, don't get me started on jazz erotica. It's all people want. It's just jazz ridiculous. <laughs> and so I, 
Yeah, they're, they're my two things that I don't write, underage and scat, but anything else. Like, I write a lot of bestiality stuff because people will ask for that. Or, again, it's that same thing of, like, someone being so turned on that they don't even care that it's an animal that they're fucking. Right. That's it. It's, a, it's so, so interesting. There's definitely, like, I, I definitely have a, of a gray line there for me. Well, and for this podcast, I'm definitely going to give a trigger warning because because oh, yeah. inc- incest cool. is, is, is mostly abuse right yep. so um, not in my stories but in real life. right yes yeah in real life um yeah and then the bestiality the bestiality stuff and the <laughs> my eyes right now are just like like looking into the distance thinking about <laughs> bestiality uh um uh yeah because the animal abuse aspect of it but so anyway I, okay, so this, you get commissioned really uh, go for it but i i struggle with the idea now i i don't endorse this or condone it in real life, but I struggle with this idea that anim- that having sex with an animal is animal abuse when it's a male animal having sex because it, you can't force. Th- like, I don't know. That's a weird thing to say. That's interesting. You- I think that says a lot about your relationship with your own sexuality and how you feel about women's sexuality. Whoa! Also, why? Well, I'm I mean, intrigued. <laughs> um, l- let me let me armchair psychoanalyze you. I think that. Well, I mean, when you say that you're really turned on by the idea of women being turned on, it sounds like that's from this deep seated idea that, uh, that, 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 like kind of adjacent to a Madonna horror complex, like women are controlled, um, and unable to express themselves in that way. And so it takes a lot to get them to do something that's kind of unnatural for them. So, which, which would be to, have sex, which I think if I was to armchair psychoanalyze you, I would think that you would maybe separate, um, like a, a, a women on an intellectual level from women on a sexual level. And, uh, yeah, I don't know that would, that would, that's <laughs> sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, of course all of this says something about your own sexuality but yeah oh the dog thing the male dog yeah. thing yeah because it's because it should be totally equal but in your mind you're like oh well but a, but a male dog's kind of is a, is like a stud who i don't know maybe it says something about how how important you think your own feelings are maybe you don't give enough maybe you're you're destructive with your own heart <laughs> i don't know now i'm just now i'm just spinning my wheels um anyway male dogs uh, I mean, <laughs> and is that what people mostly request? Are they like, I not, want not mostly, but it, it and I, happens. and by the way, I said dogs and you didn't even say what animal it was, but I, I said dogs and I was picturing a golden retriever and I'm not into bestiality, <laughs> but if I had to commission a bestiality story, it would be a gorgeous, gorgeous golden retriever. So most, there's this weird disconnect cause I'm, I'm, I, I try to be feminist, uh, while also writing this porn, mm-hmm. which is sometimes can be a bit of a disconnect. But, um, I know that a lot of my readers and especially people who commission stuff are not particularly feminist. Interesting. How do you, how do you know that? Uh, well, because I uh, see, okay. So their usernames. Yeah. No. <laughs> I hate Feminazi women. 99. Eight. Right. Um, so the, the, I hate women, <laughs> women eight. <laughs> There's so many, I hate women handles. <laughs> there you go. The, I mean, part of it is also, I think there is a definite disconnect between what turns you on and what you are like as a person. Um, I, I strongly believe that you can be into weird kinky porn mm-hmm. and still not a weird kinky person. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to share what kind of, 
weird that I there is there's there is a there's a weird niche of porn that I find myself into from time to time and I know it's extremely niche and it's very taboo and I'm not going to say what it is and we're just going to create some mystery uh, mostly just because it's it's my own it's it's my own relationship with my own self oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe I'm ashamed no I don't think I'm ashamed of it but I know like I struggled for a while because it is it's it's only something that I that I indulge in from time to time but when I would indulge in it, it was one of those things where like after I was finished I would slam my laptop shot shut you know that yeah <laughs> like ugh, like what what do I oh, yeah. disgusting why would I why would I do that but yeah I'm coming to terms with of with um it really not having it's not like literally the thing that I'm watching right. it's yeah. not like I'm fantasizing about the actual scenario it's just abstractly hot yeah yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. We're, but we're I not, do think it's interesting. I wonder why I am into that. So I, I have a fairly healthy sex life and I think I have a very healthy attitude towards women. But mm-hmm. when it comes to porn, it's 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 this abstracted world of, of totally different things. Right. Uh, and so to get back to the, the dog thing. Right. Um, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I see. And do Anna, they do they specify what animal is? Is it oh, dogs yeah. so, or horses? So, so the ones that I get commissioned are generally horses. And the, really? okay. the reason that I, I think from that, women or men? Uh, from men. The most of, most of most of the commissions are from men. Although a lot of my readers are women, uh, men are more likely to pay for the erotica, right? Whereas women will read it for free. And the reason I think that there is a disconnect between my feminism and necessarily the leanings of my readers is because when readers request stories, they want the women to be humiliated and degraded. Mm. And that's the reason why they want them to have sex with horses. Like they, they don't want to, someone just walked in as I said that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for me, the, the, the heat of bestiality or incest is, <laughs> um, uh, you should you should go to this uh, to the to the, the Guinness storehouse. That's a great tour. There's no one here. Oh, there's no one. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> I was gonna walk by, and I, I um, <laughs> not that I'm ashamed of this conversation, but but I didn't, you I didn't want to have to answer questions about what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. And um, so yeah, for me, the heat of bestiality or incest is, is women did, being uncontrollably turned on. The men. Okay. Well, that's that's really interesting to me that the stories that the men are commissioning are women with. Horses, as so, opposed to because I would assume I just assumed that they would be imagining themselves in that scenario. And no, they would no, be, but yeah. So yeah, so for, like it's very common in erotica or porn in general for the the heat to come from women being degraded, mm. which I'm 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 not personally into. I don't judge people who are, but I'm just like ah, oh, that's not fun to me. Right. Yeah. Whereas a woman being so turned on that she'd fuck a horse is for me quite different to a woman being lowered yeah. to the point of fucking a horse. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Seems very different to have that standard horse fucking conversation on a, on a Tuesday afternoon. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so that, that's why sometimes I'll get these story requests and I'm like, Oh, look, I do need the money to continue living, mm. but I'm going to try to write this in a way that it's not how low can you bring a woman or, or yeah, that, that ex- like as someone who writes incest mind control as my primary source of income, that weirds me out. Right. Do you, have you refused any commissions? Uh, just underage and scat. Right. 
Uh, (laughs) Just underage and scat. (laughs) Sometimes I'll get uh, commission requests. Sometimes I'll I'll finish a commission and then send it off and I'll get a request back being like, hey, uh, can you redraft this to be less nice? Like people, people, as you can understand, feel weird about it. They're like, look, you kind of put a happy ending in. That's not what I was after at all. I really want Uh, all these people to suffer. And I was like, look, I can write that. Sure. Because it's a job. Uh, I can write whatever people want me to write. But yeah. My inclination is not always to to go that direction. How does how does erotica writing erotica affect your own sex life? Um. So I am a person who, in order to come, needs a narrative running through my head, mm. which was one of those things that I was like, "Am I the only one?" But by nature of what I do, I talk to a lot of people about sex, and I found that. I know probably like 5% of people that I've talked to about this kind of stuff have been like, yes, that's me as well. Like, that's exactly me. Right. So, I have, I have a few friends, one of whom, her, she always has fantasies running through her head when she's having sex with her husband. And he found that really weird and off-putting. And so, she just told him, oh, all women do that. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. That's just <laughs> how women work, which is not uh, <laughs> in my experience. Right. And I think I think you may have uh, mentioned this when you were hanging out with, with me and my boyfriend. That, is this, this your friend? Who uh, so, had, I have another friend. <laughs> oh, okay, it's a different friend. Can you who, please say that? Because I think it's the sweetest thing of all time. So, she's also married and she has the same thing where she needs a narrative running through her head. And she's so monogamous that when she's fantasizing about these stories, she pictures her and her husband. But to spice it up she she places them in different eras throughout history (laughs) (laughs) and so it means my most favorite thing and i've never met this person but she is certainly my soulmate she's great so good so when when she's having sex with her husband or masturbating she will be picturing her and her husband in the 1800s or in you know Mm. ancient egypt or something like that getting it on but always always them which is yeah it's weird to me as a because my, my other friend is, is like me in that I never picture myself in these stories. Hmm. It's always abstracted people, like fictional characters. Really? Okay. Uh, why, why do you think you never picture yourself? I don't know. I, I think it's just how I'm built. Hmm. Because like I said, my friend who her husband thinks all women just do this is the same way. She's like, I don't think about myself in these sexual situations. I'll make up people, give them backstories, give them not incest, but taboo situations like cheating or, or being cheated on or something like that. And that's what she'll think about when she gets off. Mm -hmm. And so I do the same thing with these fictional characters that then I can sit down at a computer and write. So when I'm, when I'm drive inspiration, I will go and have sex. And at the end of sex, I'll have 50 new story ideas that I can sit down and type out. Gotcha. So sex is like a business expense. (laughs) <laughs> do you pay for sex? Uh, no, no, I've never paid for sex. I <laughs> okay. considered it while I was in Japan. Well, when you said business, business expense, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you considered it when you were in Japan? Yeah, Japan has... So, I, I had an adult circumcision. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a condition called phimosis, which I only found out when I was 22 or 23. Had a circumcision, and now I have a lot of trouble achieving orgasm. Mm-hmm. And I especially can't come from blowjobs. Like, just, I, I enjoy them on a aesthetic level, uh, but... <laughs> Like sure, they're nice, yeah. but they're not. They're not a path to orgasm for me. I see. Okay. And Japan has blowjob bars, which ah. are like brothels exclusively for blowjobs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if you know if there was a, a professional going at it. Right. And so that's the only. T- and also, it was really affordable. It was like forty US dollars or something like that. Right. For okay. like a, a medium, like not a high end one, but not no not a low end one either. Right. And so I was just like, I wonder if I didn't end up going, but I, that's the only time I've seriously been like, maybe I should go and pay for sex. Like, yeah. As a, as a scientific study of can i come have you have you ever had any has has writing erotica ever been uh an issue in a relationship 
Or, I, I, I mean, I don't people, know why it would be. But yeah, would, if, if people are going to be in a relationship with me, they'll generally know what I do ahead of time. Right, right, right. So, it, it's sort of, I, I screen, I don't screen people, but it's sort of as Well, a, you should screen people. That's what dating is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there we go. Yeah. So, the, yeah. the dating process eliminates anyone who's going to have an issue with me writing erotica. Sure. Um, have you ever gotten off to one of your own stories? Oh yeah, yeah. You, you really? Got do, you, yeah. do you go back and like and read them later? Sometimes, like once, <laughs> that's, like that's cute. W- while it's still in my head, I can uh-huh. I can replay it endlessly. Once I've actually written it out, yeah. it's generally done. Like I'm done with that story, and I, I move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, like w- I've been doing this for. I've been writing for about six, seven years now. So mm-hmm. sometimes I'll go back and find a story that I'd forgotten about and read it and be like, oh, that's it's like a little little story yeah. written just for me. Do you ever write? Do you ever write a story that you are not turned on by at all? And how do you write stories that are not something that actually um, is your? So sometimes I'll get commissions bag. that are stuff like men, men, or or just you know scenarios I'm not interested in. And mm-hmm. I've found that the only way I can actually get them written is to make them interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So I'll generally take some kind of angle or, or some kind of different take on it until I can get it to be hot, and that's the only way I can write it. Like I can't write something that I don't find hot at all. Mm-hmm. So I, if I'm if I'm writing something that I don't personally find arousing, I have to find a way into it in order to get it to work. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, so I, so you, so you do a to change change gears. Actually, can, can we just talk about dogs briefly? Because oh I yeah, God, sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, so the thing about bestiality being animal abuse that I'm not saying I have an opinion on this. I just don't understand it. And I want to understand it. Uh, so I assume that you, as the world expert on bestiality, will, will have all <laughs> the answers for me. Uh, Animal abuse has to involve an animal suffering in some way, yeah? Otherwise, it's not animal abuse. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's it's all about consent. Right, but... Uh, so, okay, here, here's, animal, here's my question, animal I suppose. Can, cannot, Why is it more okay consent? to kill and eat an animal than it is to let an animal have sex with you willingly? Uh, I, I think they're totally... I think they're totally separate things. Right. I think that uh, it's... I mean... If you if you don't think it's okay to kill and eat, eat kill and eat an animal, that's that's a totally se- separate thing than than whether or not your sex partner is able to consent to sex with you. Right, but as as much as a dog is like, <clears throat> by our definition of consent, dogs can never consent. Right, but when you're killing an animal, you're not saying, "Oh, I'm killing the animal and they love being killed." You're saying, "I'm killing the animal and I'm and I'm right. eating the animal," which is but different my- from saying like, "Oh, the the dog is fine with it, the but whatever if, is fine if, with if it." If two dogs have sex, is that animal abuse? No, but the dog hasn't consented. No, they have because they sp- they speak each other's language. Biologically, they are able to speak with each other. We can't communicate in the same way. This is my own view. Right? Yeah, I'm, 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 <laughs> I don't I don't actually have I an opinion. I just I find it all mm-hmm. baffling. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about this, but whenever I get a commission, I'm sometimes like, "What? How does this work?" <laughs> I don't. I don't think that uh, erotica about bestiality is animal abuse. Right. I think that's all. That's all. That's all. That's all fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just I find it weird that I just I was just saying I was only bringing up uh, animal abuse in that I. I mean, which is which is irrelevant because I'm not turned on by bestiality. But what I, I guess what I was saying was, oh, I would be distracted by the animal animal abuse ele- element of it. But I mean, I don't know even no. There's no reason for me to even speak to that because I'm not turned on by it. So right. maybe I would be part of me would be turned on by the fact that they couldn't consent, that, that and that was my yeah yeah yeah. Okay, so, okay that yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. Um, I would hate for anyone listening to this to be like, oh, so Peter supports bestiality, which no. I don't. <laughs> no, I think I think. Um, Erotica is a really 
I don't know. I think it's, <laughs> I'll just say what I was going to say. I think it's a really cool, uh, form of porn because there's no, there, there are no potential victims. victims yeah. And it's something that exists in your mind. And it, there, there is like a certain headiness to it. That's, that's like, that's a little more elevated than just looking at pictures right, of boobs yeah. and butts. So you, you own it in a sense because yeah. you're the one picturing the things or imagining them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, it feels like, it feels like kind of sweet and secret yeah. and, uh, <laughs> I, I totally and it could be, so. and I, it I never be, thought of it as sweet is the exact right word, but I never, I, ne- <laughs> I never would have come to that word by myself. Yeah. Well, I think, I think literotica is precious. Um, and do you say literotica? Do you oh, use that that's word? That's a specific literotica? website. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought that maybe it was a. I I babysat for a woman once who left her iPad out, and uh, it was all it was all literotica, and I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> um, uh, literotica dot org maybe dot com. I don't know. It's it's a specific. Website. Oh, it's a specific yeah. website. Okay, I see. Um, yeah, I think it's, and I think it's great. Like if you do have, if you do have a fetish that is that maybe involves abuse or. Uh, power play or like yeah. these um, I mean there's so much violent porn but it doesn't I don't think that everyone who's into violent porn is actually into violence towards women right but I think those well especially because so many women are into violent porn right yeah so like so so erotica is such a safe way to yeah to get get off knowing that no one no yeah. one had to hurt for you to... The stories that I get the most female feedback about are the most abusive, I suppose. Mm. Which, uh, when I first started, I was still in that kind of phase of, like, women don't masturbate. And so, that, <laughs> again, blew my mind. Like, I've learned a lot over the last five years. But yeah, I bet. But for a yeah. while, I was just bewildered on a daily basis. What, what, are, what are some things that you've learned about women that they're the normal years. humans in ah. every way now that sounds really <laughs> fucked up but i am actually no, aware you know, of that I now think, and I, I, think, I, I think most once. people kind of don't think women are normal humans yeah, yeah. A- a- any thought that you can ascribe to a man you can ascribe to a woman mm-hmm. and people that's feminism bro yeah well that's it yeah yeah, yeah exactly people, people don't get that in a way that baffles me yeah 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 exactly. but then i look at myself well, that's nice. 10 that's years a nice, ago and i didn't get it that's a really good byproduct of uh writing erotica <laughs> yeah. yeah it's true when you get when you get emails <laughs> from women being like hey i really like that bit where really dark things happened Mm -hmm. you're like oh right okay and then yeah the more the more i've explored the the more i've gotten to know women as people god i sound like an awful no i think no i think it's i I think it's great and i think it's it's nice for you to be open and and honest about the fact that you learned that i think it's good that's really good so yeah yeah, the more that i learn that women are people the more i'm no and the the more i hear from the more i get to know women and the more emails i get from women Mm -hmm. the more i'm like they're just people like yeah every single way yeah yeah i mean women have to learn that for themselves as well it's not like yeah um so you do a podcast with your lovely ex-girlfriend or ex-fiance what what made you decide to uh, do this podcast and can you talk about what the podcast is okay I should warn you it might sound like I'm pandering but this is the actual truth (laughs) pandering yeah because I was listening to Harmontown oh oh, okay and I, I never really listened to many podcasts, but I was uh, one of my friends put on Harmontown, and I was like, "Oh, this is actually just really funny." So we listened to the first episode together in the car, and then I went home and downloaded the next ten. And the second episode, which is where you co-controlled, no, co-hosted, mm-hmm. uh, you're the guest yeah. controller, mm-hmm. uh, made me go, "Oh my god, this is this is podcasting!" Like I, I get <laughs> the appeal of podcasting now. 
if I was to do a podcast, I would want to do it with SJ, who's my ex-fiance. Mm. And so I called her immediately. Like I pulled over. I was in the middle of driving. were you still together at this point? Or no, no, okay. no, no. This was about two months ago. We broke up in 2014. Right. So about two months ago, I pulled over. I was in the middle of driving between Sydney and Canberra, which are very far away in the middle of Australia. Um, and I pulled over and I said, SJ, you need to download Harmontown episode two right now. She downloaded that. She listened to it. She called back. She's like, okay, that was fun. Why did I need to do that right now? <laughs> I was like, you and I are going to do this podcast because we had a massive explosive breakup mm. and then didn't talk for probably like seven or eight months and then started talking again and because I was um, I travel a lot we were just always on the phone having these long conversations mm. uh, which I really enjoyed you know I, I obviously wanted to marry her so I think she's a great person right. who I loved slash love and we had these long interesting conversations and we talk a lot about productivity and deconstructing our relationships and so yeah listening to Harmontown made me go oh this could be a podcast and she was a bit reluctant, but I was like, look, I'll, I'll take her to the work. You just have to be on the phone with me for half an hour once every week, which you right. do anyway. And she got on board after that. And we started recording it and it's been going really well. And we were very good communicators when we were together, but that doesn't actually mean that we were like, you need more than that. Like communication is obviously yeah. very important, but you also need to be basically compatible people. Yeah. <laughs> so the communication yeah. can't get you past that hurdle, although mm-hmm. it is definitely better than not having the communication in the first place. I think, I think it's interesting because your, your podcast gives people the, the opportunity to kind of judge is maybe the wrong word, but, but think about you guys together in a couple and kind of see, why it wouldn't work <laughs> well yeah i guess i guess i guess that's kind of what i'm saying like the you you see like why why it would work and also why it wouldn't work like uh, not not necessarily like there aren't it's not like i'm listening to the podcast being like oh wow they really dodged that bullet or <laughs> oh wow they really should be back together yeah. it's just it's an interesting thing because because being in a partnership does at a certain point come to a decision to be in that partnership yep yeah uh also you guys you guys talk about um you guys uh, have uh, are are additionally interesting and in that you were polyamorous right yeah and i i like how in the podcast there's there's really a slow it's a slow roll of all that information and how we, it we just comes out very organically it yeah it just it's just very it's just very natural which is why it's Interesting. So your your podcast is like sitting in the back seat of a car with a with a couple and not having to be emotionally invested in <laughs> how they in them like being okay like being a or taxi not driver okay. While we're <laughs> yeah, I also I also think like the tension is I don't think the podcast would work if you were, um, and in some ways this didn't work on on Harmontown because Dan and I were together when we were doing some things where we were. Where, where things were really tense and I think it's a lot safer for an audience to listen to a couple that's already decided to right. not be together. Yeah. So you get to hear that closeness without like, Oh the no, don't say of, that. Yeah. Don't do that because then, then uh, he's going to be mad or she's going to be yeah. mad or like, what? When you, you don't say that tonight, to someone you, you love. You guys are going to fight about this. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and that's, that stuff really crept up on me a lot in Harmontown, especially because Dan and I had a hard time balancing uh, stuff stuff that we were quote-unquote saving for the stage, which I always was kind of resentful of. Resentful of is the wrong thing. I I can totally understand the appeal of doing that. Me and SJ will sometimes, uh, we'll be chatting on on IMing each other or whatever, and she'll ask a question or I'll ask a question. She'll be like, oh, we should actually save that for the podcast. Mm. But 
there's no rush to resolve it anyway. It's not like... Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, we just recorded yesterday about... She asked me a few weeks back, would you live with me again? Or I asked her, would you oh. live with me again? And what, I can't remember which way it went, but the other right. person said, oh, ask me that on the podcast. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is, it's not like we then spent three weeks being like, oh, we just want to resolve this issue, but we can't right, yeah. record a podcast. It was just, it was totally fine. Gosh, mm. um Another reason I think people really like it too is that you don't see exes interacting. Mm. And so I, I was trying to work, I was trying to make a mental list. And the only example I could come up with in any TV show of an ex boyfriend and girlfriend still being friends was Jerry and uh, Elaine from Seinfeld. Mm. But other than that, exes, like once they break up, they're sort of, they're done. Like that's it. Unless they're the, the, the on and on again, off again, couple of a, of a sitcom, which yeah, case they're, yeah. they're done, but they're going to get back together. Right. Yeah. Uh, whereas we have a really good relationship, not just for the podcast. We just have a really mm. good relationship. That's why we did the podcast. And I have several other exes who I'm still in close contact with and they're very close friends. Mm-hmm. And you just don't see that. Yeah. I think, I think, I think you definitely could see, could see that a lot more because it is such an interesting relationship and you don't have to I mean you may not want to necessarily be friends with all your exes but it is I think it is a valuable it is a valuable relationship I, I, so yeah someone someone said this I can't remember who or what context but they said it's, it's strange that this person you want to spend the rest of your life with as soon as you stop having sex with them you suddenly never want to talk to them again like what happened to make them yeah not the person you want to spend the rest of your life with yeah regardless of sex yeah yeah i mean it's such it's it's uh well good to know that relationships are just sex by the way no no that's what i'm saying no that's, i know, I know. No. <laughs> you've taken <laughs> my point and, and <laughs> yeah, yeah i uh acted as if i'm saying the opposite of that no that's what i'm saying like, we have an amazing relationship regardless of sex but right, so many yeah. so many relationships uh, of like exes people who are like we want to be together forever mm-hmm. and now like well, we're not having sex oh we're not just we're not going to hang out ever again yeah 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 there should there That's should be more it, yes but. yeah there should there should be more uncoupling in in uh in a, in a positive way like that i'm hoping to have that with uh with my ex-husband we'll see yeah okay i don't want to yeah, sorry, that wasn't meant to be aimed at you at all. I wasn't being like, so... I, I'm just, to, I was oh, speaking generally. No, I know, I know you're <laughs> okay, speaking cool. No, I agree, yeah. Um, I just realized that... Uh, no, I didn't think you was... Um, how, how long do you think you'll do the podcast for? Or will it be something that continues on for the rest yeah, of time? We, we have no particular plan to end it. It's something that we would do for fun. We, mm-hmm. would, we would sit down and have a half-hour chat every week, totally for fun. So now we're just doing that exact same thing, but putting it online and calling it a podcast... And so it's not like it's a chore to do. So that's why I'm like, I can't, I can't see it ending anytime soon. Right. Because all that would happen was we would stop hitting record before we chat for half an hour each week. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not work at all. Right. It's also nice to have that date to chat every week. Yeah. 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 Well, SJ has a, SJ goes by Honor Eastley. Uh, I call her SJ because that's how I knew her. Mm-hmm. Um, but online, she's Honor Eastley. She has a lot of creative projects, but none of which have deadlines. Mm-hmm. So I think this is actually really good for her too, in that once a week, she's like, oh, I've got to make, remember to write up the notes for this and do a, a levels for the podcast and get it all online. It's just a little bit of consistency. Mm-hmm. And it's also like a, a fort. We, we record once a fortnight. We would do two episodes in a row. And so it's just a check-in. Once mm-hmm. every two weeks, she has a chance to talk about her mental state, and so it's uh, that's good. Yeah, I can't imagine ending it because it's it's not work. It's a it's a really fun project, and that's why we do it. 
That's great. Hmm. Well, if cool. it ever became work, maybe that's when we'd end it. Sure, sure, sure. Gotcha. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. That's okay. Thank you yeah. for having me. Yeah, of course. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mr. Peter C. Hayward. If you would like to hear uh, more from him, go to petercheyward.com. If you would like to check out his erotica writings, go to mcstories.com slash authors slash pan dot html. Now, if you are in the cities of Nashville, Austin, New Orleans, I am going to be um, coming through your cities this July, and I wanted to add house party shows if if that works out. So if you have a house, maybe you have a big backyard, maybe you have a tiny living room, living room we can limit the number of people. I just wanted to do um, a few shows in some houses. So if that's if that works out, uh, I don't know. I know it's it's coming up soon. It's July. If you're somebody who has a house space and you would like to have people over, um, email me. We'll chat about it. Send me an email at this feels terrible. This feels terrible at gmail.com. You can also tweet at me. My Twitter is at Aaron McGathy. And please uh, go subscribe on iTunes to uh, Being Honest with My Ex. It's an excellent podcast. Check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. And have an amazing week. McGath Attack. Pros. Lowe's wants to help you keep working. That's why we're open for pro business hours 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. You'll find the quantities you expect with dedicated pro associates and loaders to help you get what you need fast and load you up curbside. Now, more than ever, we know you need to win every single bid. You can count on Lowe's for special values on pro-trusted brands and savings when you buy in bulk. Save yourself a trip by shopping Lowe'sforpros.com, where we can ship thousands of items to your doorstep or to the job site. Lowe's is open and pro-ready.